Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, what's up? We're back. Alternative Facts Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Chris Payne. I'm a staff writer at Billboard. And uh, excited for this one. We had, uh, this is kind of a companion piece to last week's uh, Halloween episode with Lynn from Paris. Uh, This is the artist who just got done touring with Paris. Uh, Her name is Lights. She just got done with her 2017 North American tour. But she has plenty of touring ahead. And she's got an awesome new album. It's actually not even just an album. We call it a uh, we can call it a multimedia project. It's out now. It's called Skin and Earth, and it's a uh, an album com- combined with a comic book series. It's uh, it all tells a story of this uh, dystopian future heroine adventure tale, and uh, it's a comic book series, six part comic book series alongside the album, also called Skin and Earth. The first four are out, there's still two to go, we're still in the thick of this, and it goes nicely with this conversation. This is me chatting with Lights in New York two weeks back about her process of creating this series. Uh, If you're into drawing and comics yourself, I think you'll find a lot to be inspired from here. And uh, besides this new project, the, the comics and everything, Lights has been releasing music for about 10 years, so we went back, we talked about a whole lot more, we talked about... Uh, 21 Pilots, who one of their members appears on the new album. We talked about pop art. We talked about exploring the Arctic. It touched on a lot of things here. This was a really fun conversation. We we had actually talked once before for an old episode that we, that we recorded back on the Paramore Cruise when Lights was on that a couple years ago. So we're old friends. And uh, when we jump into this conversation, we're actually joking about this old MTV Laguna Beach spinoff show called The City that Lights was on. I have to correct myself, actually. In the conversation, I say it was only on one season. It's actually on for two. So that being said, don't want to slight the city. That being said, uh, we're going to play us into the episode. This is a track called Giants Off Skin and Earth, and then my conversation with Lights. Yeah, I, I, I heard. Um, I actually played there seven years ago with Owl City. Oh, dope. It's the only other time I've been there. 
And it was like this fateful memory for me because that was the day uh, I was on this show called The City. And they it was like the scripted reality show. And they uh, edited it all afterwards to make me look like a jerk. And it was oh my so God. horrible what, 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 were the, what were the edits like? Were they just like really snappy? Well, no, it was like um, the whole the whole show. Because The City was about, it was a spinoff of The Hills. Mm-hmm. About oh, I remember that Whitney show. Goes yeah. to New York, and becomes a fashion designer. Works with Kelly Catrone, and she was just, uh, styling me for the show, quote unquote. Mm. You know what I mean? Because that was like the scripted reality part. And so she made this jacket for me, and they're like, "Yeah, just wear it for the first three songs. That's all you need. We'll just shoot you wearing it, and then you don't have to wear it for the rest of the show." I was like, "Okay, cool." Um, and then wore it for the first few songs, and took it off and put it on the ground to continue the show. And when the show came out, all these people were calling me a bitch on Twitter. And I, I watched it, and they basically edited it to make it look like she was she had poured her heart into this jacket. I walk out on stage, and they edited out anything of me wearing it, and just I walk on stage and throw it down, and and then do my show without ever having even worn it. And then and it causes this big fight with her friend, and they it was like a big falling out at the end of the episode caused by me not wearing her jacket. And I was like, I wore the damn thing, <laughs> so I never trusted reality television after that. They were totally trying to get you in there as like the like too cool the for school rock star well, who sets yeah, off the... Yeah, there we go. That's what I am. So <laughs> <laughs> That's such... I guess they still do that that kind of uh, like plot thing by having the, the artist from real life come into a like scripted show and yeah. perform. Yeah. Or like, I guess it started on, on the real world. That's like kind of a callback to that. Yeah, it's just kind of funny. Like people believe what they see on TV and mm. it's hilarious. Especially on the scripted reality shows. It's all bullshit. <laughs> Shout out to the city. Did that, did that yeah. just last like what, one, one season? I don't know. You tried. Actually, you tried yeah. to make it happen. I know. I know. Good for them. Good for them. So yeah, we're hitting all parts of this tour. We had uh, we had Lynn by yesterday. How was it? Lynn was good. Yo, she told me to ask you about margaritas. Oh man, we, we have a date planned. Um, actually, I might still have the titties she drew on me right here. But basically... Before the tour started, she promised to do, because she does like really great stick and poke tattoos, she's going to do a pair of titties on me. But um, we decided we didn't have time when we were, we did like a little live chat the other day. So we're going to have Margaret's with Mescal and uh, do some stick and pokes yeah. on these nights. Maybe she, we'll live stream it. Yeah, she in, she Instagrammed, or, or no, you Instagrammed yeah. like the, the picture of your arms with yeah. like the, uh, like, I guess the, the naked torsos. Yeah, the, the, the drawn on ones. <laughs> yeah, those are just marker. Sadly, it's washing off. So you guys are buds. You're hanging a lot on tour. Which, but she's busy. I mean, we're both super busy, and that's the reality of tour. Like, as much as you love to hang out with them every night, like, bus calls at a certain time, and like, you have to, you can't party too hard. Or you have to save your voice, especially her. She's been going hard. Um, so we hang out every now and then, but it's like both of us are just so busy. That's good. So you don't get sick of each other. Oh, well, that's true. Yeah. So, so like, so like, <laughs> she would hate when you actually hang out with me too much. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's like you're like you're not like. Uh, like in the van all the time, like with your no band. different it's, story. It's like, God, I've yeah. been there. We've it's all been there. Yeah, a different dynamic where like you're both free and it's like, oh, yo, let's hang out. Yeah, it's it's true. And and I remember having a lot more time to do that when we were in van tours. Like I remember, you know, I throw it way back to like fall of 2008. It was our first tour, and Copeland brought us out, mm-hmm. and that was like by Copeland. the end of that tour. Yeah, man, I love them. Um, and it, by the end of that tour, we just all spent too much time together. You know what I mean? Mm. We're all just way, way too close. Everyone was in vans. It was just kind of like a shithole tour. But, uh, yeah. And so now when I, I've spent, I spent years doing van tours and now when I see like bands struggling, like some of the opening acts will be in vans and loading in their gear and packing out and busting ass and exhausted. I'm like, I don't care. I've been there. (laughs) Like, Mm -hmm. 
I, I don't feel bad. <laughs> like it's a lot of work, but everybody has to put their time in, you know, doing the grind. And we did that in Canada. Oh, hell yeah. In January. Multiple times. What was like, I don't know what the extent of this Canadian touring was. Tell me, like, what was the most northern you got? What was the most like frigid you On got? On this tour? Or no, like just ever. in lights. Oh, you know? God. Okay. Well, the furthest north I've ever been was literally eight degrees north of the Arctic Circle. Played a show in the Arctic. Really? Tell me about this. Yeah, it was a couple years ago. Uh, went in January. It was We were supposed to go during their 30 days of night. It was in Inuvik, Northwest Territories. Um, but ended up going just following that. So I was actually there when they saw the sun for the first time. And it was pretty surreal. I mean, the water, the, the air is so cold that if you have a boiling pot of water and throw it into the air, it never touches the ground. It just disappears. It just like goes away. Just evaporates. That's incredible. So cold. So we had a, a good time. And there's, an, there's as cliche as it sounds, there's an igloo church there. <laughs> and we, it wasn't a real, it's like a dome shaped church, but it's actually a, a structure a building. And did an acoustic show there. And tons of people came out because there's not a lot of shows that go up to Inuvik. But it's a really cool experience. Um, the, the air is so cold that it like comes through the threads. It pierces like whatever you have on and will, will get make you cold no matter what. Yeah. And it, yeah, it was a pretty amazing experience. It's a surreal environment up there. Was it an indoor show? Indoor show. Thank God. My fingers would not. What they would, would be frozen <laughs> to my guitar. They would. What was it like when everyone saw the sunlight for the first time in forever? Well, so the, the sunlight had actually been back for a few days, and it was like about 45 minutes to an hour of sun of daylight, but it had been really cloudy. So though it was sort of light, like it was almost like a dawn-type feeling, they never actually saw the sun. So we actually went dog sledding one day. And that's also cliche, I guess. But it was very exciting. I learned all the commands, and I was riding my own sled, and it was pretty freaky. Because uh, if you don't, if you don't tell them what to do, they'll they'll own you. It's Those not dogs. just yelling mush over. No, over it was again. other other words. That mush isn't even a word they use. Um, and during that time, everybody stopped because the, the clouds cleared away and the sun was up, and it was this sort of like orange ambience in the horizon, and everyone just stopped and smiled and looked out. And I was like, this is a pretty cool moment. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. This, like the Arctic just fascinates me so much. It was really cool. There's these things called we we traveled about a couple hours away that to a city called Tuktiaktuk, which is only accessible by either a plane or a boat. And mm-hmm. during the wintertime, you can ride on, on the ice roads. So it's like frozen ocean. And um, we literally, we got into the craziest, like, spin out all, along this ice road, like, spun around about three times and crashed into the snowbank and then just kept going. And I was like, did we almost just die? <laughs> and, it was, and we're fine. So, and, and, we, and we get there and there's these, um, I like how we're going to just talk about the Arctic, <laughs> but like, hey, there's down. these, like, <laughs> Um, sort of ancestral storage units in these things called pongos, which are permafrost. So just like, you know, 50 feet deep of just ice. So it's not even ground. It's just frozen layers of set, uh, ice and sediment mm. that have just been there for centuries, thousands of years maybe. And there's tunnels all carved through them in, in these chambers that are um, owned by the oldest families in these cities that just they pass them down through the generations and so it's just natural cold storage all through the summertime even and we descended into this into these ice tunnels and you're walking down you can shine your flashlight into like the layers and just see into the ice but you're walking through these tunnels like 30 40 feet in the ground all just carved through ice and it was just it was really cool yeah, that's incredible. I like I can just waste so much time like googling these things and just it's going wild. through Google images. You gotta just go. People. I mean, I've been to Iceland. Oh, that cool! I've always awesome. wanted to go there. 
was my next great. jam, man. You should try to play the, um, it's called, uh, there's a couple festivals. One of them is called Iceland Airwaves. Airwaves yeah, well. yeah, that's a dream. That's kind of like a South by Southwest sort yeah. of thing. And then there's one, God, the name, the name escapes me right now, but it's more of like an actual festival festival. Oh, cool. Like the Foo Fighters played there, I think, the cool. last one. Yeah, the flights have gotten a lot better now with that new airline that just like flies there super Iceland cheap. Air. Yeah, or uh, Wow. It's called Wow, W-O-W. Which is wow. a great name. For yeah, <laughs> I mean, all I think of is World of Warcraft, so it's great. That's a decent segue into talking about. <laughs> I think that's a great segue, the, actually. The best that we'll get from talking about the most <laughs> remote locations on Earth. <laughs> so funny. Um, yeah, I love talking about everything. So let's keep going. <laughs> so touring, touring in in North America, touring more traditional places. It's kind of a non-traditional tour for you now because you're kind of on a book tour and touring an album and a lot of other stuff in between so what is this experience like for you right now it's it's cool I mean um getting to balance out the uh the music side of things with the comic side is really cool um uh for and for anyone who's listening that doesn't know it's the album comes with a comic there's six issues the fourth one comes out tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And it's just awesome, man. Like it, the as a result, the rollout process of this record has been a lot longer than any other project I've done. Like I announced this whole thing in May, and that's a long lead for this day and age, I think, when you're putting on a record. Um, but I've been consistently putting out videos every month and a comic issue every month. And it's just been awesome. I've been busting ass, but it's it's really exciting to balance to be able to balance out those those facets of creativity. So it actually in turn is kind of less exhausting because I don't get so spent on one thing. Um, so yeah, I've been going to some cons, popping into comic book shops amid, you know, um, playing these shows. It's exciting. When, when did you first get the idea to do this kind of a project? I think I've always wanted to do it. And I, it, I love comics. I, I've always wanted to see them come together a little bit more. And I just decided that I wanted to be, it was going to happen. It was going to happen more in life with other artists. And I just had to be the first one to do it. And that's not to say that it hasn't happened in some situations before, like Coheed and Cambria, Gerard Way, they've, they've got comics and music mm-hmm. in combination, but um, I don't think they, like they don't draw and write together. Um, there's, there hasn't been an artist that's done that. Um, and I decided to just do it. Not because necessarily I, knew I could but because I didn't have the resources and money to like get someone else to do it <laughs> you know <laughs> it's all one thing like the weekend just announced that he's putting out a comic and I'm like that that must be must be nice we're like I'm putting out a comic gonna hire you and you and you to do it and then I'll put that out that's all it's all good but like you know I've been working on this shit for two years and drawing it and everything yeah it must you must have been drawing for so long like when did you start I started drawing last June and I'm still finishing issue six no oh, I mean for like just like getting into comic oh yeah oh my whole life like as long as i've been doing music i've been drawing but never a finished product like i had this comic when i was a kid uh, called monty frog and he was an orphan frog um monty frog monty frog he's an orphan uh sort of gender fluid frog who would just get killed at the end of every every story he would get like dismembered and i was like this i was kind of fucked up as a kid but like i got it out i got it he kept coming back he's immortal at the end of the day um which frogs is empowering. Have a, have, a, have a very nice life cycle. Well, don't you know frogs have 25 lives, right? That's what people say. <laughs> <laughs> that's, 
That's not what people say. But Monty had a lot more than that. Um, I've, I've always drawn, but to take it to the finished degree that this comic is, I did a lot of studying, did a lot of research, watched a lot of webinars and tutorials and sought advice, went to panels, did everything I could to learn how to take it to the next level. Yeah, having a distinct style for drawing, and especially I think with figures and people's faces, I think is really important for people who draw comics. Like, where did your sort of style for drawing people come from? I think it originated, um, I think it was mostly influenced by like old pop art and romance comics, um, where you'll see you'll see it in like Roy, Licht- Roy Lichtenstein paintings, sure. like that style of art. Um, but I did collect romance comics for a long time, like 50s, 60s, 70s romance comics. Um, but then as as my tech, uh, technical abilities progressed, I think that I developed even more of my, my own look. Um, it's kind of flowy. I like every panel to look like its own painting and hair. Hair is like the number one. Hair is always blowing. It doesn't matter where mm. you are. It's blowing. Yeah, and like with like Lichtenstein and Warhol, there people always put them together, and I'm sure there's like others from that period. It makes you think of like lots of like pow and like words. Sure, out, like that, yeah, that and aesthetic. that that's funny. I've, I've seen that dis- the discussion of the onomatopoeia in comics come up a lot, and and some people like it and some people don't. I use it every now and then, but as long as it's part of the art, not just to like because it's very like old timey superhero comics kind mm, of an effect, and I, sure. I don't I don't use it that much, but because um, it can be a little cheesy. Yeah, it's like. Drop it in so it's just sort of a winking nod Quack. to like yeah nod, yeah it's nod, in every now and then yeah not not to the history to the influences <laughs> there you go yeah there's definitely a couple of panels that are nods to old romance comics. What's it like to just put so much of yourself out there? I mean, you know, you're used to putting out music and music videos too, but just putting out this comic alongside of the project and like yourself being like tied to the protagonist. Yeah. What is it like putting so much of yourself out there to the world? It's almost kind of liberating, I think. Um, I think the worst thing you can do for yourself as an artist is to, and this is just my perspective, I'm sure there's a lot of people that disagree, but is to like come up with like an alternative persona and, and force yourself to live through them. And then you kind of lose track of who you are. And I've always kind of been working towards being as authentically myself as I can. And that's actually hard. As, as simple as it may sound, it's like, it's challenging to be, to be honest with yourself about who you are as opposed to what you want to be honest. If that makes sense, you know what I mean? Like, it's like Instagram or Twitter or anything. Like, people curate what they want people to think of them, and that's how it is as a musician all the time. So I I have to work, actually, to allow myself to open up and be honest. And this project has allowed that a little bit. Like, the the character is singing through her and, and, and speaking through her as a conduit has allowed me to say things... I never mm. was able to say because I felt the freedom to speak through her. Yeah. Like stepping on off stage, being the same persona, yeah. going into the comic. Yeah. Out of that, being the same persona, into the music videos. Yeah. It's all tied. Like, although she's in a fictional world, like I tell people that they can get to know me by reading the comic because she, sure. I wrote myself into her character. She has my same hair and we like, and though it's, she lives in a dystopian fictional world, like, hey, that's not too far off from what we have right now. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and with the plot and like we can we can pose like the beginning of like the first one for the listeners, and I'm sure some of the listeners have, are already with us up until yeah, what, maybe what, yeah, check it out. And so, so how much of this is inspired by like I guess a lot of it's inspired by recent events with 
like these two classes and one has all the resources yeah. the earth is dying yeah. and your protagonist is sort of like a bridge between the two yeah she she's um and, and the, the interesting thing about it. it she's she's doing she's like one of the only people left in this world that still believes she she can find hope as naive as that sounds because everyone in this world is hopeless and there's just all all these different ways of numbing themselves to the fact that the world's going to end and uh she, but she she somehow keeps looking and the interesting thing about creating this book is most comics will have a few different perspectives and that helps move it along that helps move you from one location to the next or or shift through time but all i wanted this to be just her perspective like it's just one perspective so it was like a logistical challenge making the comic flow with only just one viewpoint but you only ever know as much as she knows and and as much as she does spend some time on the like rich opulent wealthy soul stealing side of the wall um she she doesn't really know much about that side she only knows what she sees and you only know as much as she knows and things start getting revealed as the story goes on Mm. like what's really out there outside of the oasis they're not allowed to go she doesn't really know but will you find out? Maybe. <laughs> Stay with us. And what's it been like transferring this comic book world into the tour, into the live show? This So for this tour, I haven't had the opportunity to do it to the degree that I know I will. Um, we're just, this, we're supporting Paris. We, only, we have a shorter set. Um, sure. And then the comic's not even out in its entirety. And the album just came out the first day of the tour. So it's I'm waiting for the, the music and the comic to percolate a little bit before I start really implementing it into the show. But I have some big ideas for sure. So like, like a headlining tour coming yeah, up? Yeah, definitely. Anything yeah. else as, as to future touring plans you can share with the people? Nothing set in stone yet, but next year is going to be a big year of touring for sure. And we're going to do some cool festivals and yeah, we'll be, uh, we'll be riding the skin and earth train for a while. Sure. Cause you'll still have a few more issues of the comic to put yeah. out. Last issue comes out in December and then early next year before we do headliner stuff, it'll all come out in a trade paperback and you can get it all in one go. Cause that, that's the way I like to absorb comics sometimes. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the individual issues are hard for me to, to take in cause they're so short. You know, you kind of want a little bit more. So yeah. for the people that are fans of reading the full trade, that will be coming out next mm-hmm. year. Cool. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 
Yo, um, let's talk. Let's dive into the album and talk about some of the collaborators. Yeah. How did Josh from Twenty One Pilots come together? So he's a friend of mine. We actually met a uh, couple years ago. At he was at home because he's from Columbus, mm-hmm. and we played a festival in Columbus called Fashion Means Music, which we actually also played again this year. And and it was the first year that it had happened. And we get out, and I hadn't really met him, but we'd gone back and forth online a little bit, and. Uh, uh, our monitor guy at the time who tour- typically tours with um, uh, oh god I don't know why their name is looking at me they're like the biggest band ever Panic at the Disco oh okay um, friends of the podcast also yeah great great people I don't really know them but Spencer's great um, and Spencer goes yo is that we, we get in the car and heading back mm-hmm. to the hotel he goes yo is that Josh Dunn and I look out and so I, I DM him and I'm like I think I just saw you and he's like yo let's go to 8-bit or 16-bit or whatever. It's like a barcade around the corner. And then we ended up like totally broing down, having drinks and playing Frogger for like till 2 a.m. And uh, and now we're really good friends as a result. And when, fast forward to starting to work on this record, which was shortly after that actually, um, one of the guys I was working with is named Dylan Bald, who's in Floor, great band. They're actually supporting Paramore for some dates. Anyway, great band. Um, Dylan's amazing. He's... Uh, Right, co- we co-wrote um, Savage and Almost Had Me and Magnetic Field on the record and he produced it all and he's a friend of Josh's so Josh ends up texting me whatever a year later being like yo I'm at Dylan's house and he's showing me some of your new songs and they're so great let me play on them I was like alright let's book some studio time so we booked a day in the studio and he played on Almost Had Me and Savage and it was just like nothing you know the cool thing about him is like he just loves playing he mm-hmm. loves music he loves getting involved and he's he's like just wants to be part of the things that he likes. And um, he brought a lot to it. And I'm so thankful because I mean, he's got such a high profile, a successful dude, but you you never know by talking to him based on how humble and cool he is. And you met him on his home turf. I know, I know. Those guys are legends there. Yeah, totally. Yeah, at a barcade, no less. Yeah. A good time. Yeah, I've, I've never experienced it myself, but um, shout out to Kevin Rutherford, our rock charts guy, who's often on the show. He's a native of Columbus, Ohio, and he's... Really clued me in on the local Twenty One Pilots fandom. Oh, really? Is it? Oh, why? Yeah. I mean, their it's, fandom is insane it's globally insane as it is. Yeah. But think think of that fandom dialed up into like a hometown wow, version of that's that. That's wild, man, dude. I don't even know how he goes back there, but yeah, Columbus. So, shout out. <laughs> so he he drummed on Savage. He drummed on Savage. He drummed on Almost Had Me, which is the last track. Cool. Yeah, because Savage is like I think like the most rocking song yeah. on the album. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that's funny, that, that song came together so quickly too. Um, and originally it was just like electronic drums and I always kind of wanted real drums in them but I didn't like have anyone around really to play because we were in LA and it was just like at, in Dylan's living room when we were recording it and on the uh, yeah so Josh playing on that really really brought it to life and what's interesting too is that there's like a big guitar lead on that song like yeah. maybe like the like the riffiest yeah riff that on. was my Rage Against Machine influence yeah. <laughs> just sitting around riffing and I was like I need this in a song and that song came so fast so I was driving it was like in an hour of traffic in LA driving to the session and the whole thing downloaded into my brain from space I swear, from some like music zone, galaxy in space. And I recorded it on my, I gotta find that voice note actually. I just started singing it in traffic into my voice notes and went 
into the studio. I was like, okay, this is what we're doing. Here's our song. Oh, let's go. And we just rolled with it. And it ro- it just came out. It was one of the quickest songs ever. Well, you like drove through a dimension. I drove through space to get there. You I, I swear I drove through like music portal. Passed through a wormhole. Download. It was great. But it's funny. It's funny. Like you never know in that moment that if it's ever going to be anything. Because that's happened to me so many times and never turned into anything. But this time it did. And it was really cool. Mm-hmm. In retrospect. <laughs> to talk about. Do you have any more videos for the album plans coming up? Yes, Ideas? there will be a video for every issue. There's four videos oh, out okay. right now, and and some probably there will probably mm-hmm. be maybe even more. But um, th- my definite commitment is to make a video for every issue. Have you still been drawing now that? Or, or, or I guess all, all the comics are probably it's not done, done yet. Oh, they're I'm not still done. finishing issue okay. six. Okay, because yeah. I was going to ask you like thinking that it was all done are you like drawing future stuff but just tell me about just what you're drawing now yeah well so everything's inked and obviously story like everything's written and inked meaning it's just black and white and i just have to color it um the thing is probably five months ago i was really fleshing out the ending of the story and that last issue ended up turning into a double issue because to get the ending right i had to Sure. Make it twice as long, it's, so it's I kind like of screwed the, myself. It's like the last, like how Harry Potter and and then it's like oops, Hunger Games are like it's double too long. Last movie. Yeah, exactly. But you got and it's worth it. I'm like, this is gonna be such a crunch when I have to deliver this issue, but you got to get the ending right. I think that's more important. There's so many times, and I had this through my head so many times where you'll watch a, sh- a movie or a show or read a book, and the ending just isn't what you want it to be, and it can ruin the whole show for you. And uh I, I knew I had to get that right, so it's it's more it's more important. Well, almost had me is my favorite song on the album. Is it? Yeah. Well, that's our ender, yeah. man. Yeah. That's our ender. I, that one I got off. a yeah. little emotional when I was uh, scripting and inking that last few pages. Word. Yeah. Prepare your mind, body. Yeah. So. Thirty pages. I have thirty pages okay. left to color. Okay. Do you, have you been drawing anything or just thinking about other drawing projects beyond that? Because like now that you've put this out there, there's just like any number of directions you could go I with know. like future volumes in this or just like yep. drawing for like other artists, like drawing, like animating music videos. I'm sure there's like all sorts of things you've at least pondered. For sure. Like endlessly. There's there's a lot. There's stuff in the works for sure. Um, I don't want to jinx any of it either, but... Um once you create a world and all these characters and I care so much about them. And obviously there's some people that do too. Like uh, at every show so far, there's been people in cosplay of the lead role and even the, the secondary lead role, secondary role, mm-hmm. um, which is amazing to see. Cause I only, I mean, when I cosplay, I only cosplay characters I care about and identify with. So if people are identifying with her, that's really yeah. cool. And it means a lot to me. So I think that will all also determine what ends up happening after this is all done. Um, I'll let people decide for themselves if they want more and then we'll see where it goes but um for me it's going to be hard to just walk away from so I'm, i think there will always there will be more for sure do you want to shout out any cosplayers or fans who have really been coming through for all this there's uh yeah well there's this girl madison who she's been a fan for a long time and she came out to a couple of shows and she's pulled out some really cool cosplays and she's awesome but that's like you know there's been a ton of people especially at fan expo in toronto i saw like 16 people in cosplay and it was just very powerful because some of them did it better than I do. And that's pretty crazy, man. When people do you better than you, mm-hmm. it's awesome. Yo, also wanted to ask for, for, for more for listeners. And also, I mean, I like drawing too. I, I used to draw a lot more, but really, it, yeah, I used to always like, dr- like doodle little comics in class and like show them to my friends. That's amazing. You yeah. gotta do that more. Yeah. I can, I can picture you being a, like a good doodler. I, I I like drawing. I was I was never good with like faces, 
but like I was always into like drawing like animals and stuff like that. Really? That's yeah. so hard to draw. I'm so bad at animals. Faces, I think, are the toughest. Faces are so really? hard. Really? See, for me, faces are easier. Girl, I can draw girls and no problem. Do mm-hmm. you want me to draw an elephant? Forget about it. Not going to work. Can you draw an elephant? I can draw like a two-dimensional cartoon elephant. That's adorable and that's all you need. <laughs> that's the best kind of elephant. <laughs> Shout out Dumbo and Babar. <laughs> Oh man, there, there's, there are, yeah, you're right. There's some classic anime. I, I love Babar. There's some <laughs> classic animated elephants out there. I know the crown. Like, can I wear a crown every day too, Babar? The little tilted crown. Yeah. Oh god. And those doesn't doesn't Babar wear a suit? Doesn't he have overalls or something? I don't know. Isn't he, Maybe isn't he has he, a couple outfits. He's one of those animals. I think that like just wears a shirt but doesn't wear pants. Yeah. I think he's one of those. Yeah. I I think. <laughs> I yeah, always animals. laugh at those outfits because you can't cosplay that. This doesn't work. You need pants. I mean, you don't. I don't wear pants ever, hardly ever. So screw that. Screw that. I don't need pants. Shout out to all the Babar cosplayers <laughs> out there. <laughs> I really want to see that, actually. I'm, we'll be Googling that on the way home. So for people who are interested in this stuff, for people who maybe have dipped their toe in and like doodle here and there, what advice would you give for people listening who would want to get more involved, get more serious with doing comics? And this is like, I almost feel annoyed giving it out. I will, but like I had to do so much damn research to figure out how to do this <laughs> to get to where I am now. Because I mean, that said, it's everybody like, no, has- Do your homework. I know, like, like no book tells you how to do it. Like- unless you know where to start. Like every book has its own way of doing art. Like you'll you'll find some books that say like only do ink on paper. But then you'll find a book that's like only use Photoshop. And like so everyone has their own way of doing it. You have to do your research to find out what way you like the most. But I, after all the research I did, all the tutorials and webinars and everything that I experienced and all the information I sought out, I do everything on a tablet in Manga Studio. And I, so you write your story, then you I storyboard it. So what each page is going to have in it. Um, and pacing is like, is something that just takes experience knowing how to do. And, and most of that experience will come from reading comics. If you don't read comics and you try to make a comic, you're going to make a shitty comic. So read comics if you want to make a comic. <laughs> and inside the comics at the end, there's like, you'd have little how to behind the scenes. Parts. Yeah. So there's a little, a little insight there and, and it's just layers. It's all about layers. So I'll do, I'll sketch out, I'll, I'll build out my panels and sketch out in blue what it's going to roughly look like. Then I start to rough it in a little bit better, and then I start to ink, and then you you mute all the layers that aren't ink, and then you start coloring behind the ink, and yeah, it's it's just it's tedious and a lot of work, but um, it's really not that complicated once you really get down to it, as long as you have a vision for what you want to see on the page. Do you like to listen to music when you draw? Always, yeah, always. I find myself listening to Com Trues. Uh, it's okay. like wicked, like instrumental electronic that fits all the moods. It's like sexy and sad and happy and angry and happy all at the same time so uh, I, I put countries on a lot in the background yeah i can see how instrumental kind of or wait did you say it's, it's instrumental yeah yeah okay yeah, yeah it's like i, I focus too much on lyrics yeah lyrics. yeah well i can see how having that supplemented like like the language part having words going on in the background as opposed yeah. to just music could yeah. be distracting for it that is. kind of drawing process it totally isn't and, and though drawing is is sort of mindless like i, I zero in on it and i'm a lyric minded person so when anything has lyrics in the background I and I'm trying to listen to it like I can't have a conversation with you while I'm doing it you know what I mean like mm-hmm. I can't because I'm always listening to lyrics so it is very distracting and it can influence what I'm doing too much sometimes do you listen to Tycho? 
No, should I? I feel like I feel like it's it's really up tempo in- instrumental stuff. Kind of like at, at times has a rock vibe to it. At times has a dance EDM vibe to nice. it. It's pretty lively. Cool. I feel, but also chill. So I think it would be very good background music. I love for that. that. It kind of makes stuff. when you have some cool instrumental background music, like explosions in the sky or something. Mm-hmm. It's just like makes every panel seem so much more amazing when you're doing it. So sure. it's a good place to come from. <laughs> we, so, yeah, we, so we talked about advice for people getting into their own artistry and you said you should always just be reading comics so yeah. give some suggestions and I know it's a super broad question so for comics and graphic novels maybe be like well for someone who is really into yeah. like goth shit this, they would like this yeah. if you're really into action you'd like this yeah. you know if you're into like superhero universes you'd like this like give us some suggestions yeah okay well um, I, I think the comic that I recommend for anybody in general, like the most amazing, if you're a beginner into comics, if you've never read a comic in your life, if you love comics and haven't read this title, which is impossible because people who read comics would have read it, it's called Saga. That's a Brian K. Vaughan and Fiona Staples book. And this is awesome because it, it's an ongoing series, amazing story. Brian K. Vaughan's a great writer. He actually gave me advice when I was writing my story. Fiona Staples is a badass. She does all the art herself. Sometimes there's a team of people... Um, like there'll be somebody penciling, somebody inking, somebody coloring, somebody lettering. She does all the all the art. So she, you know, for all the girls out there looking for inspiration from other women, she's an awesome artist. That is like the ultimate top of the line. They've won almost every comic award. So Saga number one. Another one I love, and for intricacy and details and world building and uh, just fantasy, it just is just a very cool story um, with with some actually Japanese manga elements and an American comic is called Monstrous. M O N S T R E S S. Um, Sana Takeda and Marjorie Liu, really wicked title. It's like kind of a, an intensive read. So if you haven't read comics before, just take your time when you read it. Because th- th- that was the one thing that kind of surprised me about making this comic. A lot of people will be like, how do you read comics? Like, which way do I go on the page? And that's interesting. I mean, I grew up reading comics, so I know. But um, you read from left to right, <laughs> as you would assume. But I think when people get kind of thrown off by the way a page is laid out sometimes. But it always goes in Z formation. So over and then down and across and down and across, just like that. Um, so there's a lot of information in Monsters, but it's an amazing book. Um, for an alternate art style, there's a book called Descender. Really good. It's in the in process right now. It's written by, I think, Jeff Lemire. And story's awesome. It's like robot space adventures, but watercolor art. Un- unbelievable art. It's not typical comic style with the hard lines, but it's really beautiful. So there's a lot of variety in that one. Um, one book that was interesting for me to get into was the the quick like reissue uh, stint that Marvel put out of uh, Scarlet Witch. And in each issue, there's like a bunch of different art artists. So each artist did like six or seven pages. And that was an opportunity for me to find all these different artists, discover lots of different artists. And among that, I discovered Marguerite Savage. She's amazing, beautiful, sort of pastel style art. And she's done some stuff for... Um, Wicked and Divine, which is another title that I'll recommend. A friend of mine, Jamie McKelvey and Kieran Gillen work on that one. They're the co-creators of this amazing image title. Wicked and Divine is like pop star demigods who like reincarnate every, I think it's like 50 years, don't quote me on that. But it's just badass. All and right. like if you like music, it's like, a, it's, a really great, cool. it's a great one. Got a bunch of suggestions. Advice, talks, tour, album, and we're going to see you tonight. The, the Arctic, yeah. The Arctic, of course. We, we, is there anything else you want to throw out there? Any shout-outs? Um, just, or- just check out the music and, and you know what? Um, 
the good thing about this project is the music stands on its own if you aren't a fan of comics and if and you can read the comic and take it all in without ever knowing there was music but when it's all out and you and you have everything in your hands sit down and read from front to back and listen to the album from front to back and you'll notice all kinds of stuff in there all kinds of easter eggs all kinds of hidden messages and things that i worked really hard to make everything tie together and i think it's going to be an awesome experience so you know easter eggs crossed my mind before obviously don't give them away but maybe is there one you can sort of like tip fans off on to give them a starting point well in the intro issue for example um every lyric from that intro song is hidden in the art somewhere so you'll be able to find the lyric all the lyrics somewhere throughout all the pages and then there's a little nod to rocket uh inside the bus she goes she's oh in a yeah bus. how is she doing she's doing good is she she's loving to her yeah she's loving to her yeah what is she doing right now she's probably eating <laughs> she loves eating but uh maybe in central park i think they went to central park oh nice yeah yeah shout out to rocket and I guess <laughs> shout out to my girl rocket <laughs> how you doing she's not listening <laughs> Maybe when she gets older, I'll let her use the internet. Amazing. Yeah, so I think that's a wrap. (laughs) Thank you so much. It's so good to talk to you again. Yeah, so that was a pretty fun conversation, right? We went on some tangents, but we held it together. We talked about the essentials. Should point out again, even though the album's out, Skin and Earth, out now by Lights, check it out. The comic book series, we're only on issue four. There's two more to go, six-part series, so still plenty of time to play catch-up, get caught up on that whole world that Lights has created. And uh, also should point out that even though that they just got done opening for Paris on uh, Paris's tour, I would expect a proper headlining tour in the future from Lights coming up in North America. So still plenty more time to get caught up on the comics, go see them live, see more of the tracks played live. And uh, yeah, thanks again to, to, to Lights for coming on. And as I said at the top of the show, we just had Paris on last week. So if you haven't checked that one out, go into the archives, listen to the Paris episode. Had fun with that one too. You can find it by searching in iTunes or the podcast app of your phone. Search for Alternative Facts, hashtag Alternative Facts, that is. That's the name of the show. And the Paris episode is the most recent one. While you're there, subscribe. Get the show each and every week automatically without having to go search for it. And give us a star rating. Tell us what you liked about the episode, what you didn't like, maybe what what you want to hear from more in the future, different artists you want to have on the show, topics you'd like to see us touch on, whatever. Let me know. Also, Twitter is a more direct way to get in touch with me. My handle is cpain on a plane. Or you can just search for my name. It's Chris Payne, C-H-R-I-S-P-A-Y-N-E. I'm the first name that comes up probably. So I'm always just dropping info, little teasers on what's coming up with the show, things to keep you guys in the loop. And uh, yeah, as far as what I can say right now about future shows, Weaves and the Front Bottoms are two episodes that I've recorded that are coming up. I'm not going to say which one is next, but we will be back next Thursday. Until then, I'll see you guys next time. up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. now that's music to my mouth hello 
HelloFresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.